Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The legal process absolutely, absolutely, absolutely has to play out. We understand it, but it feels like there's a discussion to be had about Deshaun Watson's football future, short-term and long-term. Coquel, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. Stream the show on the free ESPN app or on your Alexa, Google, or Siri smart speaker. Turn it up! Turn it up! Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. The Bean Studios in town. Don't hang up, please. I- From the Anajar and the Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Kids, welcome to your lunch hour on this Wednesday. ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app, and all over your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, hey, Siri, hey, Google Play, ESPN 106.3. We are in the ESPN West Palm and John Levine Action and Attorney Studios from the Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the beautiful Intracoastal. I'm Ken Levicka, and he's back. Chris Coquel has survived the second COVID vaccination shot. If you want to talk to us, call 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. You can tweet at the show at ESPN West Palm. Ken Levick Alive, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 21 years getting the sports executives of tomorrow properly taught and into their positions in the sports industry. Find out more at fau.edu slash NBA sport. Coquel, how you feeling, buddy? I'm doing all right. Vaccine-wise, I uh, had a rough day yesterday, but yeah. nothing too crazy. So it was like the first time for you. Oh, well, the first time I was just tired. Yesterday was like flu. I don't know if you've ever had a bad sunburn. That's sort that, of what it was. That's what it felt like, like that sun poisoning type feel where it's not really the flu, but you just know you're off and you're cold, but you're hot. And it's one of those deals. But it was for like eight hours and then it was good. And now yeah. I feel like Superman and I'm so glad I did it because now I can... Even like, get, I know I have to wait the full two weeks, but right. I was in an elevator with someone, both masked up still, but I just felt that much safer. And just, I felt like a normal person again. The world looks differently. It's a it, peace of mind. It's a peace of mind. And we've done this every day, but this is legitimate. A Ken Levick Alive PSA. Uh, if you want full stadiums, if you want things to be normal, get the vaccination. Just do it. Like, I'm so excited. Kaiser football is going into their playoffs coming up. I can go to the game with no worries. You know what I mean? Sure, like I can sure. go there now. I'm not worried because in two weeks, I'll have been fully vaccinated. That is a, a legit thing. Uh, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Um, we were going to cover something heavy right at the onset, and we still are, but I wanted things to be a little bit more upbeat than uh, I actually feel like I'm capable of doing right now. And the reason that I, I mention that is we have breaking news here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Uh, I am looking right now, and uh, we were tipped off to it about a half an hour ago, but I'm looking now, and obviously we can't d- discuss in great detail because there's not a lot of detail, but uh, Palm Beach Sheriff's Office uh, in custody at this hour is former Florida State star 
Cardinal Newman grad, wide receiver Travis Rudolph, who has been booked on first-degree murder charges. Uh, This hit like an absolute ton of bricks. And again, we don't know the details of it. We don't know what transpired. We don't know how anything went down. But what we do know is that Palm Beach County Treasure Coast High School football legend and former Florida State wide receiver standout Travis Rudolph, uh, again, is in custody at this hour, was booked this morning at 8.02 a.m. on first-degree murder charges. That is all we know. I'm sure you're going to see plenty about it. Uh, And, Coquel, you're someone who's a longtime head football coach uh, in this area, knew Travis Rudolph well. We worked alongside Travis Rudolph a lot when he was in high school and covered him a lot. Holy hell, man. And I'm, I'm just having, I'm trying to figure out how to compartmentalize because you see things like this, and it's always disturbing and tragic but there's i mean we all have personal relationships with this young man and first degree murder has been arrested and has been booked on those charges i mean it's this is um a little bit of a window into the world of being a high school coach and being a high school teacher because you you get to meet so many lives of these young men and women and things happen you know what I mean? And I'm not saying, like, this isn't just things happen with the murder charges, whatever the situation may be. But, like, I've had a former student two years ago arrested for murder. I've had two students shot and killed. <sighs> like, it's just part of that when you know that many people. And it, it doesn't get any less disturbing every single time. And it just no. wears on you. And us as a station, these top 63 kids, they're like our students. No. They're like our players, our coaches. We develop those relationships over the years it's not just a top 63 event. It's years of building a relationship and a bond with the coaches and the players. And it's just crushing. No matter what the situation is, it's crushing that happens. You just you, you don't know people until you really know them. And, and, and we don't know what happened. No, yet. we don't know what happened. And that's what I want to stress. Like, there is obviously going to be a legal process that plays out. But what we do know is that Travis Rudolph is in jail. Again, former Florida State Cardinal Newman. But Travis Rudolph is also in jail on first-degree murder charges. Uh, This is unbelievably significant, and uh, again, I am sure there is plenty to come on this, plenty to come on this, uh, and we'll obviously uh, keep you updated here on ESPN 106.3. But part of of why uh, I suppose we can transition from something crazy heavy like that into what I wanted to open the show with is because, again, you truly don't, know someone until you really know someone and that is what we appear to be going through right now with Deshaun Watson uh Deshaun Watson I think it's time to at least start to broach the topic of his football future and I say that knowing because I know someone Coquel is going to call or tweet at us at ESPN West Palm and say "Uh, how are you talking about football with Deshaun Watson there are People who have been victimized potentially in this situation. I I am fully cognizant of the fact that with Deshaun Watson, the priority is absolutely, absolutely with the mental and physical, uh, uh, the the well-being of the accusers or Deshaun Watson going through the proper legal process that he is due in this country. But now that we're at 22 accusers, 
Nike has suspended its relationship with Deshaun Watson. And this happened yesterday when Ashley Salis, who I believe was the first accuser to file a civil suit against Deshaun Watson, spoke with the media. And this is Ashley Solis yesterday addressing Deshaun Watson. I'm here to take back, uh, take back the power and take back control. I am a survivor of assault and harassment. Deshaun Watson is my assaulter and my harasser. Deshaun Watson assaulted and harassed me on March 30th, 2020, in my own home, doing what I love most, massage therapy. So that was actually Solis yesterday, obviously emotional, and the first woman to come out and publicly speak on uh, the accusations of uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault against Deshaun Watson. So now we do. There's 22 accusers. We know that there has been a woman who went forward to Sports Illustrated to document her experience with Deshaun Watson, and now what we know uh, as his pattern of booking massages Uh, It certainly sounded like a lot of the other accusations uh, that have been put forth. Uh, We know that Houston police are investigating at least one of these now as a criminal matter. And again, the breaking news today with Deshaun Watson that Nike has suspended its sponsorship of Deshaun Watson. Again, Deshaun Watson deserves the proper legal process that every American enjoys. Okay? But... It's time to start acknowledging that there could be some upcoming football problems for Deshaun Watson. And why do we discuss this? Because we're a sports talk radio show on a sports talk radio station. So, of course, we're going to wander towards the football route. The NFL is going to conduct its own investigation. But, Coquel, what if it goes past that? Because... You have to think that there is going to be some sort of decision that's going to have to be made about the availability of Deshaun Watson going into the 2021 NFL season. But if there are indeed criminal aspects to this, and the Texans are going to be in an impossibly difficult situation, there is going to be so much pushback. No matter what takes place, this could all come out to be one massive conspiracy, though that would be one of the most shocking things we've ever seen. But at this point, It has gotten so deep that this is going to stick with Deshaun Watson forever. Forever. No matter what happens, this reputation is going to stick with Deshaun Watson. What's going to happen to his football career now? Like It's to the point where doesn't that what if have to cross your mind a little bit? Yeah, you have to wonder if he's even going to put like, I almost feel like in my head I'm now have put him out for next year. I know there's been no announcement, there's been no suspension, there won't be one for a while, but in my head, I, I don't see him playing next year, and I don't know if he'll ever play again. I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if I'm Deshaun Watson, and I've made enough money, where I say, alright, let me just get out of this limelight and never play again. Uh, this, is, this is what's difficult, is because there is so much more of this that needs to play out. But when you have 22 accusers, you have press conferences, you have the Sports Illustrated story, you have corroborating accounts, you now have a criminal investigation, all for a guy that his reputation's never going to be the same. Again, no matter what happens, he could be exonerated. The reputation's never going to be the same because these things linger. The good guy, uh, the charity giver, the philanthropic, the man of the community, Deshaun Watson, 
Like, that's done. Anything he does going forward is going to look like he's doing it to clear his name rather than just doing yes. a, a nice thing. Like that, that stuff is done. But from a pure plain standpoint, like what do the Texans do now? There was already the, the strife between Watson's side and the Texans. Deshaun Watson wanted out. No team's going to touch him now. No. It's not going to be a deal. He's going to be in Houston. So now you're pigeonholed, you're cornered into Houston, and the Texans can't put, at least as it stands right now on April 7th, you can't plan on having Deshaun Watson out on the field right now in week one. No, how can you play? You can't play. There's no way at all. And it's going to be tough for him to ever, like you said, be fully cleared, fully exonerated, because we've seen these women come out. And I'm glad you opened the show you, the way you did by playing the voice of a victim because it makes it a person. Yeah. I know we always say, like, why do we need the video? Why do we need the audio of things like the Ray Rice situation? All of a sudden, people are like, oh, that's what domestic mm-hmm. violence looks like. But now you hear the pain in that woman's voice and like, that's what it feels like when people are like, ah, it's just a massage that went too far. Like, no, it's. It's yeah. a real disturbing event for someone. It's a life changing event for someone. It's a painful event for someone. You heard in her voice just every word she uttered, and that went on for a long time, how much pain was in there. And we're not declaring Deshaun Watson guilty of anything, but what we are reacting to are now 22 different accounts, but 22 accounts that have similar it's a lot. earmarks. Uh, and uh, this isn't like a one-off, something happened, something that maybe was uncharacteristic. Like, if these 22 accounts actually did take place, even if half of these took place, and we're talking about predatory behavior here. So even if Deshaun Watson's football career did continue, there's going to have to be an extensive, and I mean extensive, process to get him on the field for a team, whether it's within the organization or within the community that he would go to. And that's where this is starting to feel a bit daunting now, uh, and and you can start to question if Deshaun Watson is short-term and long-term in a position where his football career is about to be affected. Are we in a spot where Deshaun Watson's football career could be in some danger short-term and long-term? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. And again, the priority is the well-being physically and mentally of everybody involved, everybody, both sides. This is not a good look. And it's time to start acknowledging that this could be a problem for Deshaun Watson. What if, what if, Coquel, and I'm just playing hypothetical here, what would have happened if the Dolphins, and I sat on this station, and I for weeks said, go get Deshaun Watson, give up four first-round draft picks, go give back everything you got from the Texans with Laramie Tunsil. I love Tua, but Deshaun Watson's the guy. Transcendent player, go get him. What happened what would have happened if the Dolphins trade for Deshaun Watson comes here and then a week later all of these things start to drop? That would have been an absolute nightmare for that organization. Would have been a nightmare for the NFL because how do you handle that? Because then you yeah. start wondering what did the Texans know and you start wondering can the trade be voided yeah. at that point? Oh, that would have been boy. A, I mean, and again, we know that the sports talk part of this is minuscule to the real life part yeah. of this, but we are a sports talk show. This is this is where we're going to go with it because we're talking about a significant player. We're talking about a pro bowler. We're talking about a future MVP. We're talking about arguably the best young quarterback in the game, the most important position in the most popular game in America who right now is legitimately at a crossroads. We were talking about it, how this was going to be the biggest trade ever. When, yes. uh, when he did get traded, it, it, this it, is going to be the Herschel Walker yep. of our our generation, this you know, the next invention, if not bigger, because it's a quarterback. And this took 
the hardest right-hand turn that it could have possibly taken. But is Deshaun Watson, Are we? is it time to acknowledge that he might be in the midst of some potential football career problems? 888-760-888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Uh, so yeah, I know, I know it's a, a very heavy first 15 minutes here. If you're just joining us again, uh, breaking news, former Florida state football standout Cardinal Newman grad, uh, one of the best to play, uh, in high school football in this area ever. Travis Rudolph has been booked on first degree murder charges. He is in custody at this hour. The official booking took place at 8.02 a.m. Eastern time. It is the Masters tomorrow, and of course, uh, you can get your leaderboard reports and updates here on ESPN 106.3 throughout the weekend from Augusta. Sean Fairholm, who joins me every single Saturday morning on another show that I host here on ESPN 106.3, Honda Classic Live. He's our golf insider from Global Golf Post. He'll give us a look at the Augusta field and at some of the locals who might just have the green jacket, including Dustin Johnson, the Jupiter resident, who is the defending champion. And if it seems like it, see, it was like five minutes ago that Dustin Johnson won, it's sort of because it was. We played this five months ago. Uh, So we'll be joined by Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post, in just a couple of moments. Also, the WWE Hall of Fame induction last night. And who better to uh, uh, get a recap from than the only man I know who watched it in its entirety, Brian McLovin. You're bringing him back. I missed one day. I'm getting really pipped. He did such a good job replacing you yesterday that we're bringing him back for a WWE recap. So we have a lot to do talking Masters when we return. He's Chris Kokel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Levick and Chris Coquel. That's right. We're a day away. In fact, at this time tomorrow, we'll be well into round number one at Augusta. Masters week, baby. Ken Levick alive. I am the guy with his name on the show. That is Chris Coquel. He's back after taking a day off on day two of the show's existence that my friends is how you succeed 888-760-3776-888-760 espn coquel actually if uh if you could uh go ahead and find me the uh, master's music real quick i want to tell people about the fau mba sport management program the fau mba sport management program is run by my dear friend dr jim reardon 21 years he started that program from scratch and it has changed lives it is your or path into the sports industry because let's be clear uh, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students that have gone through there that have achieved so much more than I have in the sports industry because they're actually deserving they've actually learned from people in the sports industry I'm just a guy I'm just a hack they're getting the proper education if you want to be like them and get in the sports field and make money and be successful this is what you need fau.edu slash mba sport fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, 21 years of grooming the sports executives of tomorrow. Go ahead and sign up for summer semester courses, fall semester courses, whether it be in person or remote, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. 
And joining us now here on uh, Ken Levick Alive is a man who joins me as the Golf Insider on Honda Classic Live every uh, Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time here on ESPN 106.3, the only golf radio show in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Sean Fairholm with us on ESPN 106.3. Sean, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Coquel completely failed in his quest to get the Masters music, so I apologize on his behalf for that, but I'm glad that you could join because you at least lend credence to this program. Uh, so you, you are all golf, all the time, and by the way, read Sean's work at globalgolfpost.com. As we sit on Masters Eve, what does Sean Fairholm do to prepare for the Masters? You know what? The Masters music is always playing in my head no matter what, so don't don't, don't worry about it. You know what? I, I really just am uh, so fired up this week. The The golf course is crispy. It's, it's firm and fast. Uh, they usually set up pretty hard on Thursday. I'm just really looking forward to really having our first April Masters since 2019 when Tiger Woods won. It, it really should be a, a, a tremendous tournament. I'm just fired up. I, Wednesday always seems like it takes forever, especially without the par three contest. I'm usually I'm ready by Wednesday morning to get the tournament started. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fired up by the time that it gets here tomorrow morning. Uh, and I want to focus on a bunch of the locals here, and let's start with the most obvious one, and that's Jupiter resident Dustin Johnson had his. Uh, his master's dinner last night. And by the way, I'm going to pat us on the back, Sean, because uh, today throughout Sports Talk Radio, there have been discussions about the dinner menu. You and I covered that in depth last Saturday on Honda Classic Live. So we were well ahead of the radio curve. Uh, that's just how good we are. But Dustin Johnson, uh, what are the odds he repeats? Do you think that we could legitimately see uh, a two time master's champion in just five months? Well, he played well, and you know he won in Saudi Arabia about a month and a half ago. But other than that, he's uh, he has not been in usual, the usual DJ form, kind of leading up into the leading up into the Masters. Of course, the course will play remarkably different than it did back in November, as Patrick Cantlay said. Uh, DJ's twenty under record is going to be safe for quite some time. They are not going to be touching anywhere near that at this Masters. So, I mean, of course, he's going to be one of the front runners. I would say there's about. 10 to 12 names kind of at the front of that odd sheet that I would be looking at in terms of uh, in terms of who will win this golf tournament but right now I, I would I would kind of look at uh, more towards Justin Thomas more towards Jordan Speed the head of DJ at this point it's kind of weird to not make him out to be one of the top one or two favorites but I think this style of golf uh, it, it, it does not suit him quite as well as it did in November, and I, I would put him maybe at five or six on my list of golfers who I think are really going to have a great chance of winning this week. Interesting, because he looked completely unbeatable. He looked invincible uh, about three months ago. Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post, globalgolfpost.com. Read all of his work. It's just excellent. He's our golf insider. Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern time here on ESPN 106.3, Honda Classic Live. So you mentioned Justin Thomas. Let's go to uh, another Jupiter resident. Justin Thomas, what do you like about his game right now? Why why is he uh, a possible Masters champion? Well, if you look at you know the the, the data on, on Masters Masters winners and having success in the Masters is very very clear. Around year eight or nine into your career, you really start to peak. Uh, that, that's really what the data says at this point. Justin Thomas is not quite there yet, but if you look at every year he's played the Masters, he, his finish has improved, uh, including finishing fourth last year in, in 2020, and I know the golf course played so different, but, uh, you know, really, if you look at his track record, it seems like this is a great, fantastic golf course for, for him. He's a, he's a high ball hitter. He's one of the best wedge players in the game. Uh, really, this is a golf course where you're not going to find a lot of shots within, uh, you know, 100 to 130 yards, 
But I, I think it really benefits a, uh, a guy who could really drive the ball as well as JT does. And really, uh, in terms of short game creativity, he's, he's up there very high on the list in terms of the elite players. I think it really is a, a great golf course for him. I think he's going to win at some point in his career. And uh, I, I would say that he is uh, really uh, maybe one or two right now, Jordan Spieth, going into this golf tournament in terms of favorites. That could all change on, uh, on Thursday. Sure. Someone can come out and shoot 74-75, and the whole tournament looks different. Uh, but you know what? As we stand right now, heading into the tournament, I mean, he he just won the Players Championship. He uh, really looked so impressive down the stretch throughout that golf tournament. And I know he he did not make it out of his pool in, in match play, but uh, nobody did. Only one of the top sixteen seeds made it through, and that was John Rahm. So I wouldn't read too much into that. I think he's going to be very prepared and, and ready to play this golf tournament. I like Justin Thomas a lot. Let's uh, let's stay in well Jupiter because that's where Brooks Kepka also resigns, the Cardinal Newman grad. Uh, Brooks Kepka, who four weeks ago, Sean, posted on social media uh, a procedure done on his ailing knee and well ahead of schedule. Here he is attempting to play the Masters. How is this going to go for Kepka? This is really a shock to me. He had one of the, he had a fantastic tweet a few days ago uh, linking the, the article that said uh, you know he was going to be out six to eight months with the uh, Michael Jordan and I took that personally uh, uh, gift, which was pretty pretty amazing. Um, so I mean this is a this is a real, real surprise. He's mentioned that he's not going to be able to walk straight down some of the fairways because it's going to be too painful. He's going to have to walk maybe zigzag down some of these fairways. For anyone who's been to Augusta, Weird. the uh, the slope. Is, is really, really drastic. You, you don't really get a full sense of it on TV. I'm obligated to say that because I've been to Augusta, so you, you, have, you, have, to, you have to pull out that what line every single time. What a flex from John Farrell. <laughs> of course. There. Love it. <laughs> I've been four times, so I'm, I'm very, I've been very fortunate. Um, can he compete in this golf tournament? Absolutely. Uh, you know, when he gets a chip on his shoulder, he's able to, to do some incredible things, but uh, this seems like, uh, from everything that I've heard, it, it seems like he is really stretching himself here. I, I, uh, this would be a surprise if he's in contention late in the golf tournament. I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll give himself a chance and, and make the cut, but I don't know. This, this seems a little bit reckless, and I'm sure he's going to take words like that and try to use them as every bit of motivation, but uh, I don't really see him being a part of this golf tournament late on Sunday. Kokal, you're like seven minutes late on the Masters music. We don't need it now mid-interview. I just found out we had someone who's been there, so I just yeah. it pops up. Bring it down. You already failed in your uh, your assignment. Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post, globalgolfpost.com with us here on ESPN 106.3. Just a couple of more, and Sean, by the way, is our golf insider for Honda Classic Live. Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, you get a heavy dose of me again and Sean Fairholm as we will preview the weekend uh, at Augusta. Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major in six years now, Jupiter resident, uh, and uh, is looking for the career Grand Slam, continues to look for the career Grand Slam at the Masters. He's not playing very well. Uh, This doesn't seem like a breakout weekend for him. No, no. I mean, if you look at the top tens, he has six of them. And, I mean, every single sign points to his game eventually translating to Augusta because of how well he's able to shape the ball right to left. You know, you get that that tee shot on 10, the tee shot on 13, some of the critical shots down the stretch. You need to be able to do that. It's so comfortable for him. All all the signs point to his talent matching up with this golf course. But you're right. He's ice cold right now at the moment. How about the quote that he had about going over to visit Tiger and kind of checking up on him a few weeks ago and seeing the, the 15 major championship trophies displayed in, in Tiger, not knowing where any of the other trophies from his uh, 82 PGA Tour victories uh, were. Just, just 
kind of focusing on uh, on those fifteen major championships. And they, you know, they asked Rory, "Do you do you circle these weeks, or do you do you just kind of treat it as every other week?" And he said, "I you know I circle these four majors because that you know all Tiger cares about are those fifteen majors. So that's what I do." And I, I don't know. I mean, so far the past uh, seven years, it is that has not uh, worked for Rory. But you know, he is one of those players. And if he, if he comes out and shoots sixty-seven on Thursday, no one's really going to blink an eye. They're going to say, "Oh, that that makes a lot of sense." But uh, as it stands right now, I mean, his odds have never been worse for I believe the past five or six Masters. Uh, he's he's almost at plus two thousand right now, which is really unthinkable territory for Rory McIlroy. But that that is where he's at right now, and that's a display of how poor his game has been over the past little while. And now, Sean, the most important question, the most pressing topic that I'm going to ask you about is pimento cheese. Do you eat pimento cheese any other time during the year except for Masters Week? No, no, I don't. I have to say, I have to, I have to confess, I'm not much of a pimento cheese fan. But, you know, if you go, you, you have to try it. Actually, uh, breaking news: there, there's a new chicken salad sandwich oh. this year at the Masters. They added, they added to the menu. Apparently, it's uh, it's very good. Uh, so you add that to the egg salad sandwich, quite a quite a combination. It's a uh, rite of passage for anybody who goes. You got to be able to celebrate those sandwiches. <laughs> Sean Fairholm, who has four times been to the Masters and just broke down the Masters expertly, he has earned another rendition of the Masters theme from Chris Cocal. Sean, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you Saturday morning. Okay. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Sean Fairholm. Global Golf Post, GlobalGolfPost.com, our golf insider. On Honda Classic Live, again, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You know what the pimento cheese sandwich is? It's the Thanksgiving turkey of sandwiches. Nobody actually puts a turkey in the oven except for Thanksgiving at any point during the year. No one eats pimento cheese at any other point during the year except for the Masters. Pimento cheese, the sandwich of Thanksgiving turkey. I put ketchup on my turkey. Are you serious? Yeah. He's Chris Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine Studios. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-3 on the new ESPN 106.3. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like... You're such a fraud. This man, a high school football coach who takes no accountability for anything. It was your fault. You are totally fraudulent. He's Chris Gokel, the fraud. I'm Ken Levicka. Oh, I thought you were Josh Cohen. Sorry. Hey, right, give me this music that I didn't talk to you about. Get it in four seconds, please. Thanks. Ken Levicka live on ESPN 106.3. Can you take another day off? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. I would like to. First of all, I didn't know when I switched careers. We don't get spring break. We don't get summer break. Bro. We have good Friday off. Like I haven't worked more than 180 days yeah. in my adult life. This, this is... I've worked like 90 in the last 100 days, yeah. and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> this is not as glamorous as you thought it was going to be. If uh, you miss any part of Ken Levick Alive, don't you worry, kiddos. We've got it for you wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just subscribe to the Ken Levick Alive podcast. Pretty easy.
rate it, and boom, there it is every single day. If you missed any of Sean Fairholme, Global Golf Post, globalgolfpost.com, our Honda Classic Live Golf Insider previewing the Masters. It'll be right there for you post-haste at the conclusion of our show at 1 o'clock. It'll be up by 1.30 or else Ken beats me. So we <laughs> yeah. have to make sure yeah. it's done. Yeah. I will make sure, sir. Hey, man, I uh, I want to make sure things are done very efficiently. Uh, the Heat are, are so annoying sometimes. And uh, right now they sit sixth in the East. They're fine. Everything's fine. Oladipo, Victor Oladipo, still trying to work his way into uh, the rotation and uh, get comfortable alongside Bam and Jimmy. But, man, are the Heat annoying. And last night was another annoying game. You heard it here on ESPN 106.3. The Heat lose to the Grizzlies 124-112. to And the Heat have this thing, Coquel, where they just get beat up by guys. Not, not dudes, not stars, but just by guys. It was Andrew Wiggins when the Warriors were in town. He went off, only averaging 16 points a game. He scored 23. The Heat were able to actually hold off the Wizards and win that game. Uh, but then it happened uh, the other night as well against the Cavs, where, yeah, Colin Sexton's a good player, but Colin Sexton just blew up uh, against the Heat. And then uh, last night, uh, the Heat get owned by Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, who came in averaging 16 points a game, drops 28 on the Heat. It's just supremely annoying. Like, this is a Heat team that I think, when all things are right, and they haven't been right at any point this season because it's been Goran who's injured or Jimmy who's been gone. Uh, or, Tyler Hero having to be sat out for precautionary reasons right. 12 times. Yeah, exactly. Tyler Hero who went through like 14 different COVID protocols. Absolutely. Um, like when things are right, I think that they can uh, win at the East even though the Nets are, uh, you know, the, the powerhouse. But you got to stop letting guys go off. It, it, they're so irritating to watch and it shouldn't be this way. Um, but also, too, a team that the Heat beat the other night, the Warriors, they're bad. Like, let's be clear, the Warriors are bad, but they beat the Bucks last night, and I was looking at it today. Steph Curry, have you seen his numbers his last four games, and he's just coming off of, of injury. He actually sat out uh, the game after the, uh, the the loss to the Heat, where uh, the, the, the Warriors lost by about 70 to Orlando. Uh, but have you seen Steph Curry's last four games, what he's done? I don't know what the numbers are. I know he's going off, though. 41, 37, 36, and 11. That was the Heat. And then 32 last night in the win over, uh, uh, over the Bucks. He's incredible. I mean, he truly is an absolute pleasure to watch, and he's shooting it from absolutely everywhere. Yeah, so glad the Knicks got Jordan Hill in that draft. That was a big pickup when Steph Curry was supposed to fall to them. But the thing about Steph Curry is I started to not like him during the Durant years, Ken. Like, he was just so good, but now I find myself rooting for him constantly because he's the underdog just trying to will his Wait, team to victory. Did you root against Steph Curry by association because you just didn't like Kevin no, Durant? No, they were just too good. There were too many guys on the same team. They were the smug team that was supposed to beat everybody. And all of a sudden, Steph looked extra smug, and I'm like, listen, Peanut, even though he's like five inches <laughs> taller listen, than me, peanut. like, stop being a tough guy. <sighs> now when he's out there, I'm like, yeah, get him, Steph, you little bulldog. Again, he's five inches taller than me, but in NBA terms, he's smaller. Like, 
I root for him now. It's Listen, more fun when you're yeah. on the when you're on the struggling team. Steph Curry's a fun person to root for now. Uh, by the way, it is going to be an unhappy summer uh, in the Miller family. Archie got uh, let go by Indiana a couple of weeks ago, and now Sean Miller no longer the head coach at Arizona. So uh, we're seeing college basketball starting to uh, cycle head coaches now. Uh, so again, this breaking news: Sean Miller has been fired as the head coach of the University of Arizona. There's a whole lot of problems there, and potential say, sanctions well, coming. In there a little bit that that probably there's, should have happened a yeah, while ago. There's uh, Adidas scandal. There's FBI things. There are issues there. Guys uh, taking the fall and uh, going to jail right, and he's just sitting back. Right, exactly. So uh, he is he is gone. So him and Archie are uh, are oh, now Arch. unemployed. Um, also, too, and I, I it is worth reiterating because now this is starting to get picked up by every local media agency, but Travis Rudolph, uh, former Florida State standout wide receiver, Cardinal Newman grad, one of the finest high school football players I've ever covered uh, here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. You, Coquel, uh, knew him very, very closely. Uh, you were coaching. You were a head coach at the time he was playing. Uh, he has been uh, booked uh, as of 8 o'clock this morning on first-degree murder charges here in Palm Beach County. So that is a, a developing Real. story. It is every time I say it, like first degree murder, it's just such a, a heavy phrase. But every time I say it, especially in association with Travis Rudolph, I just feel a brick in my stomach. Uh, it, it is unconscionable. Well, it's one of those things where no matter what the result is, it's crappy because he's been charged and he could be guilty. And even yeah. if he's like someone was murdered either way. Yeah. So it gives you that gut punch there. But to someone who you knew as such a nice kid, and I'm not saying he's not a nice kid. And I don't know, like, we don't, we don't know, know what the particulars, happened. right? We have no idea what happened or motive or if it was him. Like, we know, we just know there was enough to charge him and book him. Yeah. And it's just, it's brutal. It's mm-hmm. brutal. And again, I go back to this is one of the things that people, when people don't realize what high school coaches go through, is you're responsible and you develop a relationship with 100 kids a year and then a new 100 kids, then a new 100 kids and more and more, maybe 75. But, these things come up, and, it, and it, it doesn't make it any easier no matter how many kids you know. And, and it's got to be brutal for the coaches who have coached them yeah. and everyone around them as well. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Ken Levick alive. He's Chris Coquel. Uh, we'll have Brian McLovin Rowitz to uh, recap the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony last night. Because as we've pointed out on this show, it is Masters Week, but it's also WrestleMania Week. It's Mania it's, Week. It's Masters Mania Week, and it's Mania Week with fans Back in attendance as well. It's no longer, what did they call it on Raw, where they just had all the screens up, like the something dome, the thunder dome. I was going to say the bio dome, but I know it's definitely not, not Paulie Shore. You nope. definitely aged yourself <laughs> there. Uh, but uh, they're going to have fans at Raymond James Stadium, 25,000. So similar oh, to the Super Bowl, actually. Um, but I wanted to pick your coach brain here for a second. Um, not from an X's and O standpoint, because God forbid I do anything like that based on your head coaching record. But just from a dealing the with the improvement of the program, <laughs> dealing with kids and also, though, dealing with college coaches. And Ryan Day at Ohio State said something in Peter King's column this past uh, Sunday or this past Monday, I should say, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't know Ryan Day. I've called one game uh, where Ryan Day was involved. That's when FAU two years ago went up to Ohio State for Ryan Day's debut as Ohio State head coach at the uh, the Horseshoe. But he said the following 
defending Justin Fields against some of the weird attacks or some of the weird criticisms, I should say, that Dan Orlovsky of ESPN and others have thrown at him, but particularly Orlovsky, where people in the know, that's Dan Orlovsky's thing, people in the know tell me this about Justin Fields. Um, But this was the response from Ryan Day defending his quarterback, Justin Fields. Quote, He put together a petition that the Big Ten athletes all signed saying that they want to play, but they want to play safely and that they don't accept canceling the season. It was all led by Justin Fields. Where was everybody else? Where were the guys who were opting out then? You know, who don't love the game. Mm. If you're doing something like that, this kid loves the game. That was such an off-putting, jarring thing for me to read from Ryan Day, a guy to, you know, from all I've heard is upstanding, um, is a guy who gets it. But if you were saying things like that, where you're cutting the knees out from the guys who decided that their health and uh, their um, their uneasiness about playing in the middle of a pandemic means they don't love the game of football, that's an idiotic thing to say. He's sticking up for his guy. But you can't excuse that just by saying that he's sticking up for his guy. Well, right now, who's he going against? Who's Justin Fields going against in the draft? After Mac Jones, because it seems like Mac Jones is going to go ahead of him, it's him and Trey Lance who barely played, right? So I think it's one of those, like, look, my guy played, my guy went through it, don't draft the other guy. But even if that's the case, Trey Lance didn't make the if that hypothet- – if that is truly what Ryan Day, and he worded it absolutely crappily, if that's actually what he He's was – He's sticking up for his guy. He doesn't but, care what you think. He doesn't care what anyone else thinks. He cares what his player but thinks. But in your hypothetical, if he is referencing Trey Lance, Trey Lance had nothing to do with the decision he to not care. play. That was all North Dakota State. He doesn't care if it has anything to do with Trey Lance. He cares about what he's making Justin Fields look like. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about anyone else. He cares about Orlovsky. He cares about, really, GMs. He wants to paint the picture of, no, this guy loves football more than anyone else. It's too bad, though, that he has to do it at the expense of guys who had sincere concerns about playing with a deadly virus that was ravishing or ravaging the planet. He does not care about their image. He cares about his guy. That's all he cares about. I agree with you. They're right. You know where I stand on COVID. We spent 10 minutes each day talking about my vaccine. But in Ryan Day's situation, he only cares about Justin Fields and the Ohio State Buckeyes. He doesn't care about the other players. He doesn't care if it makes him look bad. Because if Justin Fields gets drafted high, guess who else it helps? Ryan Day. So he really only cares about himself. Like every head coach, like we've talked about with your guy Dabo, they can preach whatever they want and look out there after themselves. Because if Justin Fields goes top 10, every living room he sits in, he can bring up Justin's Fields. If Justin Fields drops in the draft, now all of a sudden it's, why can't you get your quarterbacks drafted? Because they, the, um, who's the other quarterback who didn't draft well at Ohio State? Which I know wasn't Ryan Day. Um, JT Barrett? Yeah. Okay, yeah, JT Barrett. And now Justin Fields drops. Oh, Ohio State can't produce top 10 quarterbacks? He needs them to go up. So he's going to say whatever it takes take down whoever he has to just to make sure his guy looks good. Ryan Day, totally gross, totally gross thing to say. But what makes it worse is that I know, I know that he is far from the only coach who has that thought about players that opted out during the college football season. And in fact, I would go as far to say he might be in the college football coaching majority. It's Ken Levick Alive, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. He's Chris Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. When we return, Brian McLovin Rowitz gives us the recap we needed to have. We need to have this the WWE Hall of Fame. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. 
From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Ken LaVica Live rolls on. Another couple of minutes here on ESPN 106.3. Don't forget Josh Cohen and the home team, 3 o'clock. We'll get back local. Evan Cohen and Jeanette Javier, commercial-free, 5 o'clock on your home for key basketball and Masters Leaderboard Reports, ESPN 106.3. The Masters begins tomorrow. And uh, Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post, GlobalGolfPost.com, joined us. He's our Honda Classic Live golf insider. To preview the Masters, you can catch Ken Levicka Live, the podcast version. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, just subscribe, rate us, and listen after we conclude every day at 1 o'clock. Joining us now is the only man that I know that watched the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony in its entirety last night on Peacock. <laughs> he is the, uh, the, the ultimate warrior. It is Brian McLevin Rowitz here with us on ESPN 106.3. McLevin, who, by the way, coming off a very successful uh, producing stint yesterday on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, McLovin, uh, how was the induction ceremony last night? Um, I'm going to nitpick a little. I know they had a lot to work against. There really wasn't a crowd. They were inducting two classes, but overall, sort of disappointing. Uh, I want to go through some of the inductees because uh, Bradshaw was inducted last night. Uh, Bradshaw, I don't know how you feel about him, but I know that has a reputation as a, a stiff worker. He had the oh-ho-hum Hitler controversy uh, that took place a number of years right. back that took him off of the raw broadcast table. Uh, but hey, in the WWE, you can overcome things like that. Uh, Bradshaw, how worthy is he of a WWE Hall of Fame induction? I think he is. Uh, if you ignore the uh, off-the-field stuff, I mean, for some people that are also in the Hall of Fame, they've had some of those incidences, and, well, they get elected president, so it's okay to then get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, but him as a heel champion, I think, is one of really the best ever. He definitely pushed those boundaries when it comes to race, but I think warranted. Uh, British Bulldog, he goes in posthumously. His family uh, actually uh, took the honor on on his behalf. There's no question the British Bulldog, a worthy inductee. But I'm trying to think what his best moment was. Was it winning the WWE title at SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium? Like I feel like that's probably the British Bulldog's top moment, no? It, it was, and that was the Intercontinental oh, the inter- title. He I'm sorry. was I'm a world sorry. champion. I'm and sorry. Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, he should have been a long time ago. I think there were some family issues, but yeah, definitely warranted. I forgot because the NWO went in. I forgot that um, that Six Pac or X Pac was actually Six. I forgot that his name was Six when he joined the NWO and WCW until I saw the recap last night. Well, remember, he was coming off his skin as a one, two, three kid. And I know you're not great at math, Ken, but one plus two plus three equals six actually uh so it's funny you mentioned the one two three kid and i actually didn't know that that is where the name actually came from Uh, (sighs) one of the one of the most notable moments though of my wrestling childhood is him beating razor ramon like that's what brought him to the absolute mainstream because he was just sort of a guy and he beat razor ramon and then his stardom completely soared am i remembering that correctly that is correct. He was one of the very first Raws. He's actually now a two-time Hall of Famer because two or three years ago he got inducted as part of DX, ah. and now he gets inducted as part of the NWO. 
So actually a two-timer. Um, the Bella Twins. Do we just... Like, how transcendent... Were, did, did they really... Were they that really impactful in the WWE? I want to shoot it down, but they were. Like, the no, way that weren't. show, which... Yes, like, they got a bunch of different... Like, my wife sat and watched their part last night because she watches the show, and, like, you know, we've read their book and stuff. Like, they reached outside that wrestling bubble, so they definitely are deserving of That's it. a bad move by your wife. <laughs> hey, we're uh, into the Bellas. Their book, by the way, worst autobiography I've read on the wrestling front. Really? And there's a lot of bad books on the oh, wrestling Oh, yeah, it was front. so bad. Yeah, they don't No, that one definitely takes the cake for the worst that I've read. Why? What was wrong with it? Was it clunky it like their promos? Do, like, <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Like, if you focus on wrestling, they're not great. But, yeah, the book, it was just sort of all over the place. Didn't really tell that many great stories. But, yes, like, as wrestlers, they're not great. But what they did outside is why they get that honor. Now that Kane's in the Hall of Fame, can he stop participating in Royal Rumbles? No, of course. He's got to be there every year. I mean, that is the mayor of Knox County. He's got to represent Knox County. According to him, it's one of the best places in the country to live. I heard that last night. So, definitely deserving. He should have been probably a while ago also. Wasn't he anti-mask, which I think is hilarious? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> I wouldn't surprise That is ironic as hell. Yeah. Actually, if Kane is anti-mask, you're right. Um, I love RVD. I love any time one of the hardcore ECW guys gets in. RVD, to me, that's the most fun induction last night. Yeah, that one was fine. His speech was a little rambly. He well, might have been under rambly. the influence yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah that, that's sort of his thing. But I think if you look at his whole career, also deserving, mainly because of that win over Cena when he won the WWE title. Who got snubbed? Let's get into snub talk. See, that's the weird thing. Like, the way the WWE Hall of Fame is, like, everyone gets inducted. They're running out of people. Like, right? really, the big yeah. names left is, like, there's no one. Undertaker's the big one. And, like, a lot of people, the rumor is that once he goes in, he's going to be the only one. Like, he's going to be the entire class until they make it special. The Rock is still out there. And then there's the guys that they've had issues with that, like, are never going to get in, which is unfortunate. Like, the Owen Hart's of the world. That should be in, but because of legal issues, probably never will be. Is Marty Jannetty in? Uh, no, not to my knowledge. That's, that's my new platform. That's yeah, all I sure. care about. <laughs> you're you're going to stump now for Marty Jannetty. That's right. He deserves the Hall of Fame. Gotcha. He was the rock of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, McLovin, thank you for uh, watching. We've got some social media issues also. You might want to look into that before you get on oh, that platform. Yeah, that's right. Oh, all right. Well, maybe. But in the WWE, you just need a little grace period, <laughs> and then you're fine. Just ask Bradshaw, who got in last yeah. night, who referenced Hitler. <laughs> McLovin, thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, McLovin, yep. who's watching the hey, WWE guys. Hall of Fame induction ceremony, so we don't have to. That'll do it for Ken Levick Alive. Don't forget, catch the podcast, subscribe to it, rate it, and listen to it. I want to thank Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post, GlobalGolfPost.com. Alongside Chris Coquel, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.